your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and I'm going to be taking you guys on a solo episode today while Tommy is at work. Early stream, so if you guys are in the YouTube, make sure you say hi. Leave some comments. I'll react to them live. And we can get a good discussion going. But on today's episode, got a lot to talk about. Um, first segment, I want to go over the Blues game versus the Arizona Coyotes over the weekend. 7-4 victory. Lots to talk about there. A uh, lot of goals, especially that one from Jordan Kyrie. I want to get into that. Um, and then second segment slash third segment, um, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about Evander Kane and all of that news, his big suspension. Uh, and then I also want to preview tonight's game between the St. Louis Blues and Vegas Golden Knights. Bit of a rivalry there. Um, toughest matchup of the season, I think, so far. So we're going to be getting into that. But before I start, I want to thank everybody for making Locked on Blues your first Listen, that's why we pump out these 20-minute episodes. That way you guys can wake up, have your coffee with our episodes, or drive home from work, whatever it may be. Either way, we appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast and hopefully watch us on YouTube as well. First things first, though, on today's episode, the St. Louis Blues matched up against the Arizona Coyotes on Monday night and won 7-4. to four. Huge win there. A lot of fun. Um, and let's just jump right into it, start breaking down that game. I am going to be using my phone um, for the for the stats. So if you're watching on YouTube and you see me looking at my phone, that is why. Uh, but yeah, started off a little bit tough with Clayton Keller, the Blues killer, putting the Coyotes up one to nothing on a power play goal. I'm pretty sure that was the delay of game penalty. So early on, definitely some um, painful memories being brought up of Blues throwing the puck over the glass, getting the penalty, and sort of playing themselves out of the game. And we saw that early on here. I think momentum was a little 50-50. I mean, it was tough. Five minutes in the first period, you're never really going to have established momentum. So to give up a power play in general, much less a delay of game, is always difficult um, when you're the away team and giving that to the Coyotes. And the te- a team who generally sort of struggles to score, but power play is really strong and Gave a power play to them early in that game and paid the price. Clayton Keller with a pretty easy goal uh, to put the Coyotes up one nothing. But the Blues were were not long to to leave the Coyotes with that lead. And Pavel Buchnevich gets his first goal as a member of the St. Louis Blues just a few minutes later off of a beautiful pass from Jordan Cairo on the two on one, which is uh, a common theme here for the rest of this game is Jordan Cairo making plays. Um, Great lead pass from Tori Krug to set up Cairo on the two-on-one. Cairo waits it out just long enough, fires to Buchnevich for one of the easiest goals he's going to have as a member of the St. Louis Blues. Just fires the one-timer into the back of the Blues net, or into the back of the Coyotes net, I should say. Now, obviously, Buchnevich had an incident a little bit later that I'm going to get into when uh, we get up to that point in the game. Um, but definitely some necessary discussion there about Buchnevich's two-game suspension. Um, I'll get into that, but... Later on, actually, no, it was at the end of the first period, wasn't it? Um, yeah, so the first period goes on. Uh, no more goals. It's it's hard to believe, considering the, the score was seven to four. Uh, end of the first period, Buchnevich gets into a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a scuffle with I want to say Boston Krause, but I might be wrong. I don't I don't remember off the top of my head. 
Um, but the important thing comes when he decides to headbutt the Coyotes player uh, and get himself a match penalty. A couple of things to unpack there. First of all, I know Buchnevich has a history, uh, and a lot of Rangers fans were saying, oh, yeah, you know, he's he's due for one of these a year. He's due for one boneheaded play a year. I really hope that that's the only incident like that we see from Buchnevich because it's just like the conversation with Braden Shen about him fighting, Buchnevich is a infinitely better player when he is on the ice versus when he is in the locker room early because he got himself thrown out of the game. Um, that is sort of what you get when with a guy like Pavel Buchnevich, a little bit of a short temper, uh, big physical guy, sometimes doesn't know his own strength necessarily, and it showed there. Lack of judgment, obviously, from Buchnevich. Dangerous play, intent to injure, can't have that in the game. Um, and he got a worthy match penalty as a result, and the Coyotes got a very long power play, which they didn't score on, but they technically scored on because at the start of the second period, they had about three minutes left in that power play, and they scored as... Um, I believe it was Costin was taking the penalty. They scored as Costin was coming out of the box. So it was basically a power play goal for the Coyotes. Could have been a lot worse, giving them three minutes of power play time after the four-on-four. Could have been dangerous there for the Blues. Could have easily let the game get out of hand. Plus, not having Buchanan for the rest of the night. Um, Screws with things as well. Definitely messed with the lines. Obviously didn't have an impact later in the game because the Blues did get the victory. But Buchanan isn't playing tonight against the Golden Knights. So, again, a loss that... Blues can't really afford to have this early in the season. Hopefully, we don't see anything similar from Buchnevich from there on out. But moving on from that, all things considered, um, not not a killer for the Blues that game, fortunately. Uh, Lawson Krause made it 2-1 to one right at the end of that power play uh, to give the lead back to the Arizona Coyotes. But the Blues went on the power play a little bit later in the period. And who but Justin Falk continuing his offensive dominance from the defensive position for the St. Louis Blues, gets his second goal of the season, assisted by none other than Jordan Cairo. So at this point in the game, Jordan Cairo's got two assists on the night, and you're like, wow, two games, four assists for Jordan Cairo. What a night it's been for him. We had no idea what was in store from Jordan Cairo following that second assist, and oh boy, was it was it fun to watch. Um, and yeah, he, uh, he pretty quickly added to his point total, scoring an unassisted goal, just about a minute later, um, easy goal from Cairo there, gave the Blues a 3-2 lead. And from that point forward, they did not look back scoring five goals on like their next six shots, something like that. And I'm really excited to talk about it. Really excited to talk about Cairo's second goal. But before we get into that, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. We know Tommy loves his raspberry cheesecake. I love my peanut butter brownie. And if you guys want to find out your favorite flavor, well, they have so many classic options. You got coconut, cherry bursia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get yourself a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are Built Bar the best tasting, they're also healthy. Each bar, you're getting 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. They're all tasty, and they're all healthy. So go to Built.com right now. Use that promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And when I come back, I'm going to be talking about the rest of that game, kind of speeding through it because first period took a little bit, a lot to talk about. Um, Talking about Jordan Cairo, his impact on the game, and the rest of the young kids because there's a lot of youth uh, 
showing out in that game for the St. Louis Blues, so don't go anywhere. All right, so to set the scene, we just finished talking about Jordan Cairo's first goal of the night, put the Blues up 3-2, to two, and at this point, the game was still up in the air. Back and forth between the Blues and Coyotes wasn't really momentum definitively either way. And then all of a sudden, Clem Costin and the St. Louis Blues decided to say, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're going to win this game. We're, we're not going to let Carter Hutton stop any pucks anymore for the next uh, five minutes. We're going to score on every shot we take. And boy, was it fun to watch. Um, just a few minutes later, after Cairo's first goal, Clem Costin walks out, receives a pass from Robert Thomas, beautiful tape to tape, and fires it for his first goal of the season and his second career NHL goal from Clem Costin. Really exciting to see there watching Cairo and Costin score back-to-back, two guys that um, I've been excited about for a long time, just coming up through the ranks of the St. Louis Blues and watching them score back-to-back was a, a pretty fun sight to see. Uh, and then Clem Costin said, oh, you thought that was fun? How about I score again in like 30 seconds on the same shift? And not only am I going to do that, I'm going to give Jake Neighbors his first NHL point. So yeah, Jake Neighbors behind the net, gets a pass from Robert Bortuzzo in Gretzky's office, making some time, creating some space, all of a sudden fires a beautiful tape-to-tape pass, threads the needle to Clem Costin, who fires his second goal of the shift to put the Blues up 5-2. to two. And now all of a sudden, if you went up, then... You had a bathroom break during that few minutes. All of a sudden, it's 5-2 Blues, and it comes out of absolutely nowhere. But the scoring was not done yet, as Jordan Cairo comes down a minute later and scores what I think is going to be a contender for goal of the year months from now. Walks through the defense, dangles, makes Carter Hutton look silly, and fires it past him to win six, or not to win, to put the Blues up 6-2. to two. Gorgeous goal there. Jordan Cairo continues to establish himself as a superstar player for the St. Louis Blues. That is the title of this episode if you are watching it live on YouTube or you've seen it later. Jordan Cairo is a superstar. We've been saying that since last season. It's been sort of jokes, me and Tommy, like, oh yeah, Cairo, franchise player. But I think in that game Monday night against the Arizona Coyotes, he showed why he can be a game-breaking talent. He showed how he can take a game over. That second goal that he scored made it look easy, made it look like it was a uh, at the end of practice, when everyone else is, is just, you know, putting pucks away and he wants to go for one more breakaway, nobody could touch him, especially the goalie. Made it look easy. Carter Hutton, I guess, uh, did, didn't didn't learn enough from Cairo when he was watching him in those training camps way back when, but um, able to make everyone on the Coyotes look silly there, put the Blues up 6-2. to two. But, of course, it's not that simple. It never is with the Blues because the Coyotes had to make it a little bit close. Uh, coming into the third period, Blues were up 6-2, pretty confident, pretty comfortable, and they kind of pulled the same thing they pulled in the game against Colorado, took their foot off the gas. Christian Fisher made it 6-3 on a wrist shot. Three minutes later, Boyd makes it 6-4 with about 10 minutes left to go in the period, and that's where things started getting a little testy for the Blues. I was looking at this being like, if, if we blow this lead, this would be this would be a real, real concern. Um, for the future of this season. Now, not to say that I'm not concerned, considering that they've almost blown leads in two consecutive games, one against the Arizona Coyotes, who were looking completely dead and lifeless in the second period. The fact that the Blues left them back in the game is definitely concerning, uh, to say the least. But overall, I'm not I'm not too upset about the way that the third period went. Um, 6-4, I think once that goal happened, once Baruby called the timeout and and ripped a new one into the, into the team, you could see him screaming his head off on the bench. I think that really 
energized the team and and let them know that this isn't a game that they could just um, let drift away from them. Uh, they came out and, and pretty confidently shut the Coyotes down for the rest of the game. Didn't allow really any higher danger scoring opportunities. And then Ivan Barbashev, late in the game, who's been one of the Blues' best players this season, has been all over the ice, two-way player, creating opportunities for himself and others, finally gets a goal. I feel like he's been chomping at the bit ever since puck drop in game one. He's been all around the net. Um, finally gets himself a goal. Another assist from Robert Thomas. And the first point of the season from Vladimir Tarasenko as well. couple storylines there. Um, but yeah, Barbie, beautiful goal there. Uh, kind of, whoo, you know, big, big, big relief when he scored that goal. I was, I was worried, um, that, that they were going to see an overtime or a one goal game, empty net, God forbid. We know how great the blues are when the other team pulls the goalie. Um, but yeah, blues came away with a seven to four victory. Um, not as pretty as you would have hoped, especially considering they scored five goals in five minutes and seven seconds. You would hope that that would sort of be like a seven, one victory, something like that. Um, not as close as the scoreboard indicated, surprisingly. Even though they scored seven goals, I think that they played even better than that um, in terms of the defense. I think the defense let their foot off the gas for a few minutes and gave up consecutive goals as a result. I don't think that that's going to be a trend. I think when the defense falters like it has in games one and two, it, hopefully the offense and just the rest of the scheme can can prevent the wheels from falling off entirely. But we said that defense was going to be a question mark heading into the season, and it has been the question mark between the first two games. Um, the offense has been firing on all cylinders, but the defense has allowed the opponent back into the game. So a little bit of a concern there moving forward. Um, but I, I don't think it reflects on an overall problem this season yet. I think if we start to see it as a trend um, moving forward, then it's definitely something that I would be worried about. But overall... I think the fact that we we've won outscored our opponents twelve to seven or something like that at this point is is very exciting. Um, I love the high powered offense, and hopefully the defense can sort of figure things out. And this team would be an absolute wagon. Um, one thing before we get into the break, I want to highlight the youth of this team and just how good it's been. Tommy and I talked a lot about how this team was looking a little old in the off season, and then they went in, they bring in Buchnevich, they bring in Saad, but then they also give Jake Neighbors a spot. Um, as well. So sort of catering to the youth, but also bringing in some veterans as well. Um, Bushnevich, obviously 26, so contributes to the youth as well, but Saad, more of a veteran presence. So we weren't sure what the youth of this team was going to look like. Um, but then all of a sudden this game happens and through two games, Jordan Cairo has two goals, four assists through one game. Clem Clausen has two goals through two games. Robert Thomas has two assists. Jake Wallman has an assist and Jake neighbors has an assist and three hits so far. Uh, the youth of this team is leading the way, surprisingly. Um, haven't seen a whole lot from O'Reilly. Perron was great game one. Haven't seen much from Tarasenko. Haven't seen much from Shen. But who but Jordan Cairo to power this offense and just create goals out of nothing? It, lead the youth movement for the St. Louis Blues team. And I'm really excited to see what the rest of this season means for this the youth of this team. Um we could see Jake Neighbors in an increased role tonight with um, Buchnevich out. And we could see Clem Cost in an increased role. We could see Jordan Cairo get more minutes just because of the way that he started off this season. I'm really, really excited to see what the young guys of this team can do moving forward because I think that speed kills in this league, and Jordan Cairo proved that. Um, 
And then Clem Cawson on the flip side, just coming in and laying bodies, laying guys out, as well as sniping pucks. It, it, it's really exciting to be a Blues fan right now. If you, if you like, like myself, if you like to watch the young guys, you like to see, predict what they're going to develop into. Right now, it's looking like the Blues have some some youth on this roster that is going to project to be top-tier NHL talent for for a few years moving forward. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and hopefully we'll see that in tonight's game versus the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm going to be previewing that as well as talking a little bit about Evander Kane because it. I think it's a, a crime that we haven't talked about it yet up to this point. But before we get into that, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Bet Online. Speaking of Evander Kane, sorry, not funny, a little funny. Uh, BetOnline.ag is your best place for everything sports. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains the number one sport for all the basketball, football, hockey action this season. So head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus for basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, anything your heart desires, even your Vegas casino games, favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And when in return, I'll be talking a little bit about Evander Kane and his big suspension, as well as previewing and giving my locked-on player of the game for tonight's matchup versus the Vegas Golden Knights. So don't go anywhere. All right. So it was announced recently that Evander Kane will be suspended 21 games, one quarter of the NHL season due to violating COVID-19 protocols. And how exactly did he violate those protocols, you may ask? Well, a few sources have kind of leaked it, but I don't think this is something that um, team that the league is too proud to promote. And that is that Evander Kane submitted a fake COVID vaccine card. So he has not been vaccinated or had not been vaccinated at the time of submitting it, but he created a fake vaccination card, submitted it to the league. They caught him and suspended him. Now, most people that aren't rich, famous athletes, if they had done the same thing, this would be considered a felony. It is a felony in the United States to submit a fake vaccination card to an employer, a business, whatever it may be. Um, Fortunately for Evander Kane, he is an NHL athlete and he will only miss 21 NHL games and not go to, you know, prison. Um, but wow, what what a story. Um, I think earlier when all the initial news broke of his gambling struggles, Tommy and I took a very sympathetic standpoint and said, oh, you know, it's an addiction. He's having a really hard time. We don't really want to just flame him. Right now, screw that. It, not only has he had all his other myriad of controversies this offseason, he then goes and submits a fake vaccination card to the league um, and gets himself suspended for a quarter of the season on top of all the other stuff, not even have anything to do with the gambling allegations, throwing games, domestic violence, all the other slew of controversies that he's swimming in this offseason. That's not even the one that gets him. It's something that he had complete control over um, and just an complete lack of judgment on his part. I have no sympathy. I think 21 games is light in terms of his punishment. Um, obviously, the other controversies didn't have a role in the suspension, and who knows if it, if some of these gambling allegations get proven that we could see uh, greater punishment. But 21 games for what, I, again, is considered a felony for a lot of other people who may have made the same mistake that Evander Kane made. The fact that all he has to do is 
sit on his couch for a couple weeks and lose a big chunk of his paycheck. Yeah, that stinks, but could have been a whole lot worse. Um, I just personally cannot believe that the, the, the decision-making that led to that happen, regardless of your stance on the vaccine, just making a decision like that um, and thinking that he was going to get away with it, thinking that no one in the league was going to be like, hey, maybe maybe this card isn't real. I just thought that it was going to pass through all the inspections. He was going to get to play without being vaccinated. It blows my mind. Um, the league has done a very, very good job of enforcing their protocols in the past, and it, it doesn't really strike me as a, as an easy thing submitting a fake vaccination card. So I can't begin to understand his thought process there. Um, maybe we'll see him later this season when that suspension is up, but I don't know. I don't want to talk about it too much more. It, it's a mess of a controversy. I'm sure we're going to be getting more news coming out by the day and we're going to continue to talk about it here, but yeah, uh, interesting start to the season for Evander Kane to say the least. Um, now moving on from that, before we wrap up today's episode, there is a Blues hockey game tonight between the St. Louis Blues and Vegas Golden Knights. Alex Petrangelo mashing up against his former team. Going to be a fun game. It always is. Vegas Golden Knights are one of the best teams in the NHL, and they always match up against the Blues really, really well. But the flip side is that the Blues always match up against the Golden Knights really well. Um, and and definitely always give them a run for their money. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough matchup. Vegas is probably going to be the strongest team that the Blues have faced this season since Colorado was without their two best forwards. Um, and it is a, is it's, it's a 10 o'clock start time, which I love. Love, love staying up late every night to watch these games. No, but jokes aside, it's going to be exciting. I think um, Patrick Guter asked, do you think Cairo is going to smoke Petro again? I think Cairo is going to have a really strong night tonight. I think he's going to continue um, to build on his strong start. Thanks a lot, Patrick, for the question. Um but yeah, I, I again, locked on player of the game. You, you, you spoiled it a little bit, Patrick, and it might be a lame choice, but I'm going to go with Jordan Cairo because how could you not go with Jordan Cairo? He's up there second or third in the league right now in points um, overall. Uh, Cairo for Calder. I don't think he's eligible for the Calder right now, unfortunately. Um, but hey, maybe he'll win the heart or something like that. No, but jokes aside, it's going to be a big matchup between the Blues and Golden Knights tonight. Um, probably their toughest opponent of the season so far, like I said, three games in. Not saying a whole lot, but uh, I think if the youth can continue to uh, pro- propel the engine that is this offense, I think that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to have their hands full. Um, Jordan Cairo, like we, I've been talking about all episode, is at this point the best forward on this team in terms of what he's shown through the first two games, obviously small sample size, but um, the speed and scale that Kairu brings is going to be extremely difficult for any team to handle. We saw how he smoked Petrangelo last year when they played the Golden Knights. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kairu get a lot of minutes tonight. Um, I, I hope that he continues to produce. Um, that being said, I'm also excited to see if, a guy like Jake Neighbors gets put up on in Buchnevich's spot. A um, lot, lot of storylines heading into tonight's game for sure. But I, I think the biggest one besides Cairo and besides um, the youth is this defense. This defense hasn't really figured itself out through the first two games. Um, luckily, the forward core has been dominant and has pretty much said no matter what the defense does we're winning this game they did that against colorado by scoring five they did that against vegas by scoring seven um so i think that if the defense can right the ship and 
play a full 60 minutes like they played the first two periods against the Arizona Coyotes. I think we're going to see a very different game. I don't think we're going to see a fast-paced, high-scoring game like we saw in games one and two. I think Vegas is a little bit more of a complete team, and they're going to force the Blues to play a complete game. That being said, if the Blues don't show up and the defense continues to struggle, we could see a, a flip side of the Arizona game. We could see a blowout going against the Blues. Um, if the defense continues to struggle like it did in that third period against Arizona and in that third period against Colorado. Um, but that's only if they show up and play like that the whole game, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, but again, Vegas is terrifying. Mark Stone is terrifying. Their defense is terrifying. The, the Blues are going to be tested tonight. Absolutely. Um, I have no no doubt that the forwards are going to continue to produce, create scoring opportunities. I don't think that, that that's going to be an issue at all this year from what we've seen and just from the names on this roster. But the defense was the question mark heading into the regular season and is even more of a question mark now through the first two games. So tonight is going to be very telling to see what, what this defense is capable of. Um, can they shut down a dominant team like Vegas? Jordan Bennington has been playing out of his mind so far. He's given up a lot of goals, but he's made some huge saves. I'm not worried about him. I think that if the defense is able to, prevent Vegas from getting high danger scoring opportunities. We could see a really, really strong performance from Bennington um, because pretty much every time that he's been faced with a medium to low danger scoring chance, he stopped it. It's been a lot of those high danger power play defense out of position chances that Bennington has been giving up. So one question mark for the blues, that's it. And that is the defense. Um, Unfortunately, they're heading into a matchup where that question mark could be exposed very poorly. Um, But it, it, it it's going to be a fun matchup. I, I think the defense has the capability to play a strong game against Vegas. I think that they're going to rise to the challenge. Um, but yeah, and before I wrap this one up, I got two more comments in the live chat. First one comes from Patrick. Confirmed that James Neal is back in the lineup from Luke Korak on Twitter an hour ago. I'm not surprised, especially with Buchnevich, um missing and playing a team like Vegas. They, they're going to want that veteran presence. Uh, a guy like James Neal is going to bring that for them, especially with Buchnevich going down. It's helpful to have a guy like James Neal that you can bring in, slot him anywhere in the lineup to sort of increase the depth. Um, and then JTAP TV says, if we are going to go deep into the playoffs, I think we need to add a defender. Tonight will be a good show of what they can do, though. I, I agree partially. I don't know if adding a defender is a necessity. I think this defense is capable of playing better hockey than we've seen in the first two games. Um, but... I think that if this defense is capable of making a playoff push as is, there's going to be a lot of guys that need to step up. So you might be right. If if all of the defenders sort of just play what we think that they're capable of, then we're going to need another piece um, on the defense. But I don't think that that's a guarantee. I think that Justin Falk um, has the capability of being a, a number one defenseman at times for this team. I think that Tori Krug has the capability of propelling the offense. And then from the defensive end of the um, spectrum, I think Pareko has looked really, really strong this season, as you just said, JTAP. Um, he has to be at his best if, if they want the Blues to succeed, and he does look really strong. He looks comfortable skating. He looks speedy. Um, he looks comfortable, confident, like he did in that cup run. But again, two games, small sample size, and it's not just going to be Pareko. It's going to be Scandella. It's going to be Jake Wallman. It's going to be a lot of guys that need to step up and play better than what we're expecting out of them if this defense is going to work as is. Um, one last question here. Abby Sherman asks, how worried should we be about this season being the first full 82 game season in two years? Who are you most worried about? Um, that's a good question. 
I don't know if worried is necessarily the right word. I'm most intrigued to see what Jordan Bennington can do with a full 82-game slate. He has not played a full starters-level games yet in the NHL. Um, I'm hoping that it helps him. I'm hoping that playing 60-plus, 50-plus regular season games can get him into a routine, and sort of by the end of the season, we'll be seeing a lot more consistency from him. Um, Other than that, I I think injuries are going to be a little bit different this year. I think with more time in the regular season, we might see guys get a little bit less of a rush back onto the ice with with fewer games. And overall, I think that the depth of this team is going to show through the 82 games. Um, Yeah, Scandella. I would also be worried about Scandella, Patrick. Um, I think 82 games is going to be a lot of uh, hockey for Marco Scandella to play on a first pairing at, at the where he is now. Um, but again, he is one of our better shutdown defensemen when it comes to the defensive side of the puck. So a lot of question marks there. Of course, I, I appreciate all the questions flying in, but we are at the 30-minute mark, so I'm just going to try to wrap things up. Um, Patrick says he hopes the young defenseman can go good, but with so much forward depth, it would be nice to shore up the blue line depth. Um, he suggests we get Shattenkirk back. That would be interesting. I don't know if Shattenkirk is necessarily the type of guy that would shore up this defense. I think he brings a lot offensively, but if we are going to shore up the defense, I think it would be another Colton Pareko, Marco Scandella type to take Scandella's spot. Um, I think that this defense is doing a really good job of producing offense at the moment, but the one area that it's struggling is defense, which isn't ideal when you're talking about defense. But um, from the offensive end, I think the defense is really strong this season. Um, defensively, it's been shaky. But is that a question of bringing in another guy, or is that a question of the scheme working out? I'm not sure, because if the team plays like they played in the first 40 minutes of both the Colorado and Arizona game, then this defense is fine, um, as we've seen. But if the defense continues to struggle and let teams back in games, um, then I think definitely change needs to be made on the defensive end, whether that is changing up pairings, bringing in a new face, calling up Nico Mikola. I'm not sure. Um, We are only two games into the season, and like I said, tonight is going to be a big test of this defense. But that is all the time we have today. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Patrick, JTAP, Abby, for asking questions. It makes these episodes so much more fun when we get live interaction. Um, I enjoy it. I like talking to you guys, and it helps me. Look at I'm at 30 minutes. I I thought I was going to have trouble taking up 20 minutes of content. So um, that was a huge help. Appreciate it. Make sure if you guys want to join them and ask live questions whenever we record, subscribe to us on YouTube at Lockdown Blues. Hit that notification bell. That way, every time we go live, you can hop in, join, ask us questions, have your name and your response read live on the podcast. Uh, and make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Lockdown Blues. Stay up to date with our socials. We'll tweet out during the games, all that fun stuff. Follow me. On Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy at T Welcher15. Again, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for everyone who was in the chat. And as always, let's go blues.